What's up, Internet friends, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. I'm Kevin Garaventa, and this is a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. Today, we are talking about Medieval, developed by Other Ocean and published by Sony in 2019. This is a very faithful remake of the original Medieval game on the original PlayStation, and playing this newer version feels almost exactly like that first one released in 1998 with a modern visual makeover. And to talk about all the good and bad that comes with it is returning PS Plus Game Club member Brian Everett. Welcome back. Hey, happy to be here. And then a happy Halloween episode to us where we talk about a guy with a mal-shapen skull. <laughs> this is definitely one of those one of those games that I, I feel really good for for playing this season. Uh, like earlier this year, when before we did our first episode together way back in July, you suggested we play this game. And I said, can we hold off and hold on to this one for Halloween? Because it's perfect for Halloween. And I'm I'm so glad that you agreed to do that. And we did uh, we did Blasphemous, which is actually too scary for Halloween. <laughs> it's too scary for any time of year. That's that that's like your run of the mill old like any any other horror game where it's just terrible things that you see. This one is Halloween themed. And that's why this I love having it now. It starts with pumpkins. And then uh, the I saw that you guys also did um, a Halloween game for September, uh, uh, Evil Within. Yeah, we did the Evil Within. And that that is a true scary horror game. It is it, it is one that could definitely give you some some good good scares and willies out there. But this one is it. This one I equate to being like an, a theme park that that is themed Halloween. And and that's why it deserves to be the October game. So before we start jumping into that, Brian, you have a a, a podcast of your own. Uh, would you like to tell us about it? Yeah, I do a podcast uh, with uh, two of my uh, special co-hosts, Brian and Andrew, and we do a podcast called You Hate to Hear It. It's a bad song podcast where we listen to a song, we watch the music video, and you can actually watch us watch the music video now on YouTube. Uh, in a demonetized YouTube channel <laughs> because we're not actually allowed to show the music videos or play the songs. But we talk about the music video. We talk about the songs. We talk about the artists, the history, all the stuff that's in there. We make a lot of really rude, crass jokes. And um, then we kind of give give our judgments on it. And we also recommend really awesome music to listen to. All three of us are musicians and uh, we just basically have a little good time, a real good, good old time, you know, just it's basically like listening to your buddies talking about awesome new songs that are coming out. Or you get to talk about older ones that come out uh, a long time ago. Like the last episode I just listened to was the the all star episode by Smash Mouth. And man, that was a trip down memory lane. I, I loved hearing you guys talk about that, the song and the music video. It was a great episode. Yeah, we had a really great time talking about uh, talking about that one. We got to, we got to talk about Shrek. We got to talk about uh, Smash Mouth, which is just a super fun '90s band. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great time. Please give it a listen. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at yhthi podcast uh, or X is what it's called now because some idiot bought the company. And then you can also uh, email us if you want us to. Think about a song that you think we should talk about. Uh, we are yhdhi.podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. And 
If you want to be part of the PlayStation Plus Game Club, you can also email us at psplusgameclub at gmail.com and you can recommend new games for us to play on this show and talk about on this show. Uh, But going back to that 90s nostalgia trip, just like you did for me with All Star, we're going to take a trip back to the 90s with Medieval. I feel like we have to start talking about this game when it comes to the theme and it and explain the presentation. This game is is a remake of the 1998 game, and it is about a skeleton who was killed during a war against a warlock and has been resurrected because now this warlock is back and is taking over the the village or the the land of Galamir. And this this guy's name is Sir Daniel Fortescue. And uh, back back when he was alive, he led the charge against the evil wizard. Uh, what was his name? I, I always forget it. Lord Zarak. Zarak. Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, it is. Uh, what what's the what's the game that that was the the great like PC text only adventure? Oh, like EverQuest. Was that it or was it? No, it, it was. was it was it was like stork or vork or slork <laughs> anyways yeah his name his name is an anagram of that plus an a oh really I, okay zork they, so so it was zork and then they just added an his a name is zorak yeah, his, yeah so the bad guy's name is zorak yeah and uh yeah sir daniel fortescue <laughs> it's been said led uh, uh the the charge against the evil necromancer Zorak and was the one that took down all of his knights and slew single-handedly apparently the evil uh the evil necromancer but apparently things are not always as they seem are no, they No no because while you're hearing the narration when this game starts and they're recounting the legend of Sir Daniel Fortescue slaying Lord Zorak you actually see what happens and he leads the charge of an army storming the castle of Lord Zorak and he just gets hit in the face by an arrow and is down before the, the fight even starts. Yeah. And he, he gets his, <laughs> he gets an arrow through the eye. The first arrow of battle goes right through his eyeball. And, and he that just, becomes a little bit part of the story. Yeah. He just whiffs the, the whole fight though. And, and goes down and, and then somehow becomes the legend uh, of Sir Daniel Fortescue. But when he, he wakes up at the beginning of the game in his crypt, he's missing an eye. And also his lower jaw. So he just kind of expresses himself through gestures and grunts like a cartoon. And he really does a plus no notes. Uh, it's just they, like, it, it is just simple grunts. And there are other characters that, that talk to him in, in like full voiceover. And uh, it's, it's very endearing, but he just kind of replies with like, it sounds like a man without his lower jaw. Really? I, it's perfect. It is. It is. It's pretty good. And then he's got just one eye and it's really expressive. It's, it's hilarious to watch. It is very much like uh, a DreamWorks movie and, and it's very endearing. 
I love it. Yeah, the whole the whole vibe starting like right off with the the inter, the the intro as you come in and it's basically like a camera working its way through the graveyard as they're showing you on tombstones medieval all spelled out and then um in the original PS I watched I watched a lot of like comparison videos the PS1 versus the new release and uh the there there's way more pumpkins in the PS1 intro. So <laughs> yeah, I will say yeah. that. That's one point in the category for the original. And uh, it, it, it kind of takes you by these the, the, the sign and then these evil pumpkins. And it takes you to, to him and his crypt to start with. And then he, uh, the, the one point for the, the remake is he gets up and he reaches into his eye socket where his eye is missing. And he pulls out this like purple goo. And he looks at it. He's like, ugh. And, like, just <laughs> tosses it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you brought up the, the PS1 version um, and, and how you, you went searching for, for videos of that on YouTube. Here's a, a small Easter egg for, for when you when you beat the game, you unlock the original PS1 version that's included in this remake. So you can select that and try it out. And it's amazing how after playing this version, how good it feels to go back and play the PS1 version. That's how closely they recreated just the feeling of playing this game. And that's that's a good and bad thing, I feel like. But it's it's it feels fantastic and it feels really easy to jump into after you get used to playing around with Sir Daniel Fortescue and in the PlayStation 4 version. I mean, the whole idea behind this is just like there's something so fun for the people that that had that had played the game before to be able to go back and then see it like you know, you know, there, there's kind of this whole thing about like the way that you first experienced those games before you had any idea that video games could be so graphically competent and graphically complex with all these different layers, lighting, all the different things that the the new version adds back. You know, when you when you went and rented this game, I think I rented this from like an Albertsons <laughs> and it was probably it was probably a little bit scratched up. Yeah. <laughs> and I put it. I put it, I, you know, I put it in and I was just like, I thought the game looked like, I thought it looked like Nightmare Before Christmas. I thought it looked like Beetlejuice. Yeah. You know, at the time I thought I was just like, the, these graphics are so fun and enthralling. And then, and then you kind of go back and you see like, well, they were very, they were absolutely bare bones. Most of the stuff that's happening on the walls is just, you know, how they'll like, they'll render like a wall and it will just be like a brick pattern. Yeah. And then the brick pattern will have like a skull on it. And now this version will have like a giant skull that's like poking out and it's like 3d, like a relief, all these other little details, the lighting, the torches, the shadows, all this stuff. But at the time you never would think like it wasn't an expectation that it was going to be that you'd, that you'd want that. So we were just like, God, this is fantastic. It looks amazing. Yeah. Now I look at it and it's like, okay, and Dan is a uh, a guy with he's got three colors. His head is made up of about eight pixels. <laughs> his eyeball, his eyeball in the new one is like a big round orb with a beautiful blue iris and like light reflecting pupil in it. In the original, it was just like a round circle with a black dot in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the remake here was intended for you to for you to go back and play play this version and this is the the way you remember it looking when you played it on PlayStation like way back in 98 
I I didn't have a PlayStation back then, but I I look back at at this game and I remember seeing previews for it uh, on TV, just like commercials. You'd see like 10 seconds of this. And I just remember like something dark and there's a giant pumpkin that you have to fight. That's all I remember from the commercial. But if I had gotten my hands on this game, I would have loved the hell out of it because I, as a a 10 year old, I loved all things to do with Halloween. I loved, uh, I, I love scary movies and I loved uh, just like seeing weird looking monsters. And this this game on PlayStation 1 had all of those. And so I, I immediately when I started this game on PlayStation 4, I knew right away like, oh, this would have been my jam when I came out in 98. And I think, let, let's see, 98, I would have been 14 and I would have loved the hell out of it. So mm-hmm. um, how old were you when you when you got your hands on this one? Yeah, I mean, I had I I got a PlayStation one a little late in Uh high school. And uh, I I remember being able to afford the PlayStation and not being able to afford the memory card. Oh, no. Save your games. So every time that I rented a game, I'd be like, all right, got to finish it like today, like in (laughs) one solid playthrough. I definitely remember a moment when I was playing this game where I'd be like, I was like fairly far in it. And my mom was like. She came down. She's like, turn this thing off. It's time for you to do your chores. You need to vacuum. Turn it off. I want to see you hit that button, power the thing off, put it away right now. And like, I was like, well, let's just pause it and I'll leave it on (laughs) and I'll come back to it later. She's like, no. I'm like, mom, you do not understand what I'm doing. (laughs) And trying to explain to your boomer mom how memory cards work and how I couldn't save the game. I mean, I had Nintendos all the way before that. She's like, they save. I know they save. You're fine. Just do it. <laughs> no, you don't understand. <laughs> Same thing happened to me with Resident Evil 2. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and like we got to the point where like we were down, you know, we got eaten by an alligator. And my friend was like, all right, so we'll just load from our latest save. And I was like, here's the problem, bro. You <laughs> don't have a save. <laughs> you don't have the memory card. That's $20 extra. And I didn't have the 20 bucks. Sorry. Yeah. Pal. Yeah. Back to the drawing board. Oh, this game. This game is full of those moments, those frustrating moments. And and unfortunately, I think to the game's detriment, this game keeps that like if you get killed during any point in the level, you are going to have to go all the way back to the beginning of the level and do it all over. again. Yeah. So even from the shackles of death, my old enemy pursues me. You're too late, Fortescue. Already my army has risen from the grave. You will never leave this necropolis. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about some of the gameplay in this because you play us for Daniel Fortescue. He wields whatever sword, club, whatever uh, weapon he's got in his right hand. Sometimes it's it's a crossbow or a bow and arrow. And then in his left hand, he can hold a shield. You run around and you fight zombies, monsters, like bats, whatever it is that that is in the, the level. And you can't really lock on to characters. And I've noticed that after I have started playing Dark Souls games, per your recommendation, trying to play this is a little bit harder. And I played this before I got into like any game by From Software. So when I came back to this and started playing it, 
it was actually harder for me to play because I wanted to have a lock on feature for, for enemies and focus on which one I was going to swing my sword at. But now like with, without that, cause that's not in this game. I just, you know, run up to an enemy and swing wildly and hope that I can, I can hit, hit them enough times to kill them. And also it's frustrating that you block with the, with R1, that's the button you use for, for blocking. And from all the other Dark Souls games that I'm used to playing where you have a sword and shield, you're supposed to block or parry with L1, not R1. And so it is, it just kind of makes it really hard for me to play and, and block shots with a shield, even though I want to a lot. <laughs> the clunky controls, I think, you know, and they, they held on to those. They're just like, let's, let's keep this. We want it to be, uh, you know, as close to the original feel as possible really really that's what it was about it's about <laughs> keeping the feel yeah and so the, the the frustration of managing the odd button combinations is definitely just part of the fun i guess but for me it just felt really frustrating yeah yeah oh, okay so like let's talk about some of the the levels that uh, that you go through because they're all they all have their own theme too which i love so it's it is like going through uh, through a theme park that has like each of their own attractions for you to stop and stare at and, and see. And they, they do almost everything you can think of when it comes to various themes that have to do with Halloween. Uh, but the, the first few levels are in a graveyard and there's, there's like dance crypt. That's one level, the graveyard where there's just zombies everywhere. Cemetery Hill, where you have to climb this, this hill that has a bunch of rolling boulders coming down it and more zombies and then uh, Hilltop Mausoleum that has uh, a bunch of imps inside that steal your weapons. And um, there's like a ghost that's playing a piano in there that you have to help out. But um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a, this is a great introduction to the character of the game itself and and some of the characters that are in it, uh, including Lord Zorok, who is at the top of uh, Cemetery Hill. You know, it's taunting you. You know, how, how did you feel about the intro to this game? I absolutely enjoyed the uh, the whole cemetery. I mean, starting out in just like a, a hilly cemetery filled with zombies that uh, that you kind of make your way through. And uh, I mean, essentially, there is not much to the combat besides just like you hit the button a lot. Every enemy that you engage with is also going to give back to you a little bit, which makes the game just like be hard. Yeah. You're yeah. constantly, you're constantly losing life. And a lot of times you're like, how did I get hit? There's really <laughs> no way for you to not get, get your ass chewed up by these zombies or, or anything else that's coming your way. Like they, like the pay, the parry doesn't really work. The block works sometimes, but like you're, it's basically, you're just getting attacked by these hordes of mobs. And, uh, I think the mobs are really fun. They're really fun to look at. I love yeah. the beginning of, of the beginning of the game when he starts to kind of like he enchants this little town. Zorak does the evil guy. And uh, these three people like these like just rubes, <laughs> these big <laughs> fat town idiots get out of their bed. And there's one big fat guy and he gets out of his bed and he's huge and he's holding a butcher knife. Yeah. And his wife, his wife gets out of the bed and she's huge too. And I was, I was looking at the uh, YouTube like comparison and I was remembering that when she gets out of the bed, she actually has these huge pendulous breasts. 
<laughs> and okay. and they move independently of her character model too. <laughs> so 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 weird and gross, ridiculous looking. Yeah, the third the third all, character all... in the in the that video though is the daughter, and we'll talk about her later. But all three She's of them terrible. together, hilarious to look at. About these great, and then and then the rest of the zombies are fantastic too. One the one thing that between the original and this one, the the original had these zombies that were very like George Romero esque. You know, they were like their heads were falling apart and eyeballs yeah. falling off. Or they, and then this one, this one, the zombies are basically just like green glowing like guys. They look like they 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 look like cart very cartoonish, and they're like a lot more fun. Yeah. They're also, their AI is a lot more interesting to to deal with instead of just wandering around swinging their arms back and forth they actually like walk right at you yeah yeah you, you fight your way through this first part this the these first i guess kind of like like you said it's like the first three levels yeah and then uh zorak is just like he's talking to his two little gargoyle pets he's just like you it's your guys's job to defend this last little part of this this world you've got to kill him and they're like all right so what their job is is they spit these lava balls that you then have to like avoid jump over and then move out of the way of. And, uh, in a very like classic, like platforming, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. And once you get to the top, you find these two gargoyles and you think like, I'm going to have to fight these two things now. And they're like, <laughs> Nope. They're like, we failed our Lord. We have to kill ourselves. And they, they just love themselves. They just self-destruct. It's <laughs> just very, very much kind of like, well, I, I thought I was going to fight you guys, but you know, you, you made it hard enough to get up this hill and I I've lost half my health getting here. So I'm rather glad that I don't have to, but still I was expecting a challenge. Thanks a lot. It was one of those moments in the game that was just like, all right, yeah, I, I see where you guys are. See where you guys are going. With it. <laughs> so then you get up into the hilltop mausoleum at the top of cemetery Hill and you, you make your way through this one and there are imps inside that can steal your weapons. And then when they steal them, they just hold them up above their heads and run around the room. But it's really annoying to just like all of a sudden you didn't even realize they touched you. They're just suddenly running with your, your giant club or your giant sword. And you're, and you're kind of like, what happened? Wait a second. And what Dan gets left with, he just pulls his own arm off and starts swinging it at them. And that one was another moment where I was like, Oh my God, like, dude, just, you've got two other weapons pull one of those out don't don't use your arm <laughs> yeah it's just it's just setting the tone for the game just just how like quirky and weird it is yeah. and and how much of a cartoon it is uh and then at the end of the hilltop mausoleum you have to fight the the stained glass demon and this is one of those one of those fights where it's like known for its toughness yeah it it, it is like enchanted and he's throwing shards of rainbow stained glass at you and i i thought this is like really creative the first time i fought it so so i enjoyed it um but it was that still a lot too yeah it, it was kind of weird and very imaginative and and unexpected once you kill him you get a key for the like the the gate to the graveyard that just opens up the rest of the entire game and when you when you beat that you first of all you have to fight the the guardians of the the graveyard, which are two giant wolf statues. That fight was really annoying because like you have to, you have to wait for, for these, for these wolves that are, they're like two wolves that are circling you and you have to wait for them to materialize because they're just ghosts 
otherwise, but you have to wait for them to materialize and then dodge, dodge them when they pounce at you. And you have about a half second to hit them before they dematerialize again into a ghost. And this was so annoying. Uh, And I think this, this boss was like the one where I started to realize like, Oh, they didn't take any of the, the difficulty out of this game from when it first released. And it is extremely faithful to how it once played. And the difficulty is really the type of difficulty that is like manufactured and artificial. Yeah. In a lot of the sports, it's just like, it's not a difficulty of like, you need to jump at like, like compared to the, 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 the stained glass boss, stained glass boss will telegraph a little bit. Then you, you're moving the whole game. The whole game essentially like is you're moving your guy out of the way. You're jumping over something and then waiting for the right time to attack. Yeah. And then the, with, with the guard dogs thing, it's just like the whole part is just waiting for the right time to attack and then making sure that you have enough life files because they're totally going to hit you. (laughs) Just like every other thing in this game, you're going to like, but luckily the game gives you endless life files. You're constantly like, you're constantly going like you have this little green bar up uh, on top. That's like, you're running out of life, getting hit, getting hit, getting hit. And then you run out of life. You, If you have a life jar, then your life goes back up. And so then you're fine. Yeah. And and there there's a million of them and they're they're all over the place. And so they're really easy to find. So yeah. essentially what the game just become, becomes is just like a time suck. And it really felt like in those game in those days, I mean, we were a little bit past the point of like where you're taking essentially the idea of an arcade game, which is a quarter suck. Yeah. How can we suck all the quarters out of you that we could, that we possibly can and still get you to think that the game is fun enough to keep pumping them in. But we want you to die a lot so that if you actually want to get to the end of this game, where if you weren't dying, you it would probably last about, you know, 15 minutes. <laughs> if you, are, if you are dying, you're going to be there all afternoon. So it's not, it's not really in, in that vein, but it's still very much like, what video games need to be is they need to be challenging and the way that they're challenging is you die a lot. Yeah. Also, like I, I do feel like this game does not, uh, it, it doesn't like help you do things that it, it probably should know that you're going to, to want to do like replenish your health after you finish a level. So, uh, you, when you finish a level, it doesn't do that. It doesn't give you like a full health bar. So if you want to refill all of your health, what you have to do, at least what I figured out you can do is just go back to the first level, Dan's crypt and go back into that level, replay it. And you grab the two health vials that are in that level and then finish the level, start it over again, grab two more health vials and keep doing it until you've got all of your health bottles full and you've got a full health bar. And that, that every time I did that, it took me about 20 minutes just to go back and loop through over and over and again. So I could grab like 10 or 15 different health vials and refill all of my health just so I knew I was prepared for the next level. And it would be nice if they just, they, they (laughs) gave you all of that back when you started a level. It's just absolute tedium. And that starts to, <laughs> the, the longer that you get through the game, the more you're just like, God in heaven. All right. Then, go, um, going back to Dan's crypt again. Here we go. All right. Ready for the next and one. They, Let's go. They definitely, they do start to give you more. And also if you explore more, you get more. Yeah. But the, the thing is the game doesn't really explore ex, uh, like, uh, like it doesn't really reward exploration because when you die in a level, 
you have to go back and it, it, dying is really easy. Yeah. You could just like walk off the edge of like a flower and then you, you go into a swamp and then it's your toast. <laughs> like the, the game, the game actually could have, I mean, it's really Monday morning quarterbacking to look at this game and be like, all right, here's what you do with the dogs. You get, you, you give Dan a torch that if he whips out the torch and, and you know, like uses it, and he'll be able to see the ghost and he can attack him. Yeah. Or you know, other other crap like that that modern day games totally do now. Modern day games actually like have they they like put more content into the into the game and then they want you to experience that. And they don't really they they also know that like if I'm just dying and having to go play the first level all the time, I'm <laughs> just gonna go play something else. Yeah, yeah. It does have this particular charm that is very endearing, and that's that's one thing that really kept me going. So when you when you do open the graveyard and and leave it, the game now opens up and lets you go to one of three different locations and you can choose whichever one you want to go to in in any order. There's the Scarecrow Fields, the Sleeping Village and the Enchanted Grounds. Which one would you go to first? Well, I already knew that I wanted to fight a giant pumpkin. So (laughs) Scarecrow Fields, that's what I did. Death waits in the cornfield. Pick your route carefully and do not linger in the corn. So, like, you go through Scarecrow Fields and it looks like it the, the field that, that you're walking through that's loaded with scarecrows that attack you, it looks like a wheat field, but they say it's corn. And, you know, I, I, I do <laughs> think it kind of like they're not even sure what it is also but then they they do say it's corn eventually and it's kind of like you guys are you sure this is corn because it looks an awful lot like wheat but okay and (laughs) there's a lot of a lot of farmers (laughs) from iowa playing this game being like hey (laughs) the scarecrows they they start attacking you as you go through it there's also more imps that are now driving these giant mechanized imps that that you have to like get behind and, and shoot with an arrow and then once you've made it halfway through that level, then there are there are there are like goblins or there's something toiling away in the field that you can't really see. But if you make your if you venture into the field, they will attack you and kill you. So you got to kind of like make your way through the pathways that are made between uh, di- different parts of the the cornfield or the wheat field and like kind of like find your way around to the, the exit of the level. And we should specify that every level in this game is structured in that you have to find key a to open door a, and then key B to open door B and then, and so on and so forth. And every single level is like laid out like that, but in some sort of very rudimentary maze. So it is, it's really simple. (laughs) PlayStation would not let you publish a game in that. So like, well, all right, but you need to have a red key that opens a red door and a green <laughs> key that opens the green door. And then finally you get the blue do- blue key to go open the blue door. Yeah. That's how video games work. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, it, it's just, it was it, it just every damn game and even Resident Evil, which was kind of like the height of PlayStation one games. As yeah. far as I'm, I, I mean, I guess really for PlayStation one games, probably Metal Gear Solid was probably like the best that 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 they ever got for PS1 as far as just an excitement and like cinematics and gameplay and all yeah. that stuff but like it was just always about finding a 
finding a gosh darn i'm trying to not swear here <laughs> finding a gosh darn key card so you could get through the door and then see the next part of the level yeah nowadays games still work that way but what they do it which is in, in very you know intelligent in a way is they disguise it yeah like 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 Baldur, Baldur's Gate has a thing that like, well, we want to keep you out of this area until you kind of like are able to do A, B and C. So you have to like talk to this guy, do this, accomplish this, find this magic thing, blah, blah, blah. And then the and then the guy's like, well, OK, with here's a pass to let you down into downtown. You're like, oh, cool. Finally, I get to go downtown. But it's kind of just the same exact shit. It's just like. Here's your blue key. <laughs> go open the blue door. Blue key gets you to downtown. Here you go. That's that's like your downtown pass. It's blue. Here you go. Uh, but like it's even still, it's still Commander Keen. Yeah. Even Super Metroid, though, way back on Super Nintendo, figured out how to sort of disguise those keys because they would make them weapons. And then, like, if you got the missiles, then you could open the red doors. If you got the power bombs, you could open the yellow doors. And like this in this game they're just keys but like uh, a super metroid is like the pinnacle of that that genre of opening doors that that you can like see but not necessarily get through by disguising it as weapons instead of an item it's a skill like now now you can turn yourself into a little ball and zip through here and then this this game actually does have a couple moments where you're like well, I have a club and I can bash this thing and then you and then you yeah. can do it and then you kind of get to something. But it, it always ends up being you work your way through through a level. It is you, you you follow the path. You kill all the things that are trying to kill you. Then you get to the end and then you get a fun cutscene. And for me, I was just always working my way to those cutscenes, especially the ones where you would get to see a former ally of Dan. Yeah, who'd be like. Who would who would end up making some joke about Dan being <laughs> Dan being like you know uh, diminished in some way? Like yeah. how guys how he he meets that woman then and she's like, well, um, she's like, uh, keep your chin up, <laughs> and he's and like, hey, he, <laughs> and he and he says it without and he says it in his great voice where like he doesn't have a her <laughs> Okay, so you're so talking the, about. The, you're you talking go. about the, the the Hall of Heroes, and uh, if you've killed enough enemies in one level, and you've figured out how to find, or it, like you found the chalice that that is hidden somewhere in the level, you can pick that up and take that to, all, to the Hall of Heroes. And one of these heroes that recognizes Sir Dan gives him a weapon or like some treasure that they have found. And every single level has one of these chalices that you can find. Like this you better is, get them too, yeah, or else you're gonna. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, because like these weapons that they give you really do help you along the way. So it really encourages you to explore in the level itself. But you're probably going to die the first couple of times that you go exploring because it's really hard to just get around and not get killed. But that also encourages you to revisit some of the earlier levels and just come back when you've got a little more... uh yeah, a little more health to, to spare, or you got one of those new weapons that you can kill some, kill all the guys around and then, you know, have, have enough guys killed to have that chalice be able to be collected. So that, that does encourage replay, replayability when it comes to like finding stuff. And the hall of heroes also adds like that, that sense of reward of like really going through and combing through a level and finding every single thing there. But Again, it it's not that easy to do. 
And a lot of the times, especially later in the game, it felt like it was a lot less rewarding because they'd give you like 500 gold while I already had like 5,000 gold. So 500, not really going to make that much of a difference. It's a classic, like, uh, the, they got the economy wrong. It's just like, <laughs> you've given me more gold than I can spend. I Inflation is too high. <laughs> what I need is more lightning bolts. <laughs> that Which then you can take that gold and go to one of the vendors, which is a gargoyle. Uh, it's just a gargoyle's head in a wall that you can go buy lightning bolts from. That's another great part of uh, the, uh, if, if you watch, like, the before and afters of, of the game. Like the the PlayStation one, the PlayStation one gargoyles were essentially just like it looked like a vomit pile of polygons <laughs> with like a little like gargoyle face just sitting on top. Yeah. And we and we were all just like, that's a gargoyle. Definitely. And then <laughs> and then and when they when and then the, in the remaster, it's this big, beautiful sculpted statue. Yeah. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> Welcome to the Hall of Heroes, where the bravest warriors from history spend eternity feasting, singing, and arm wrestling. If they think you're worthy enough, you may be able to persuade them to give you a new weapon. Okay, so like you've finished Scarecrow Fields, and you get to Pumpkin Gorge, and there are big pumpkins everywhere that are like hefty, hefty looking pumpkins. And some of them bounce around and explode. Other ones will like grow vines that then allow them to walk upright like people and they start to attack you. And if you beat all of them and make it to the next area, you get to fight the giant pumpkin serpent or the pumpkin king. I'm not really sure like what because I saw a couple of different names given to this guy uh but i was like, calling it, i was calling it the great pumpkin a la uh you know charlie brown yeah linus <laughs> i'm like linus why did you summon this evil monster you little <laughs> bastard take your blanket and get the fuck out of here dude this is like the iconic medieval boss fight this is the one that i saw in commercials as a kid and actually getting to see this thing in its remade version it is kind of disgusting looking because it's got this giant mouth in it that it that is it looks like this giant rotting hole uh so this is definitely a a december pumpkin that someone just left out for a couple of months after halloween and <laughs> or now- <laughs> in in oregon in oregon that would be a uh uh a november this the sixth pumpkin <laughs> they seem and, to rot really fast yeah and then like the more you hit it the the bigger the the that gap gets and it just looks more and more disgusting but he's got uh like these these giant vines that you have to hit and then that that like brings him down to your level and allows you to strike him uh this was another one of those fights where i realized like oh i'm just gonna tank a lot of hits and just keep hitting him as much as i can and maybe i'll hit him faster than he can hit me and i'll win yeah, you would really love it if there was a way to like effectively and logically dodge these attacks. Yeah. But really in medieval, there's not. You're just going to get hit. Like <laughs> you just you just have to kill the thing faster than it kills you. There were times and- where he would he would like 
take his giant pumpkin head and just slam it on the ground where I was standing. And those times I did feel really good for dodging those. And that was cool. And is okay. Is that's the fight where he then like will hide a little bit and be like, tee hee, you can't hit me now. You have to go find my pumpkin spawn. And then you have to run around the level and go find these like hidden little gray pumpkins (laughs) and smush them before you can come back and kill him. Yeah. And I remember like when I, when I was playing it and I was just like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Now I, now I got to go do this and I'm going to make him weaker. But then it occurred to me, I was just like, no, this is just another way that this game is making everything last so much freaking longer than it needs to. It's just drawing it out. Well, his health bar goes down really fast. And so it made me feel really confident the first time. And then he goes dormant and, like you, you have to like run around the the larger area and find those those seven spots in his underground vines that are that are popping up out of the ground. And while you're doing that, you can see his health bar refilling. And so I thought to myself, oh, my God, I got to hurry so that I can I can stop him before he refills all the way. No, but gosh. no, no, no. It's just it's just the way to the next phase of this fight. But still, like seeing that that health bar refill slowly as you're running around is still kind of frustrating because you're thinking like, man, come on, I got to, this is not fair. It's not cool. (laughs) My health bar doesn't do that. I was kind of like looking for a moment in that fight. Like, have you ever played Conker's Bad Fur Day? Oh yes. I love that game. How uh, like there's, you fight the big giant poop and it's just (laughs) like constantly talking to you. Yeah. Not talking, but (laughs) singing. He's, it's a musical. Singing, Right. Yeah. It's a musical. (laughs) It's the musical level. And and so, like, I was just kind of hoping that, like, it, it like I thought it was a missed opportunity for the pumpkin to just instead of doing that part where I have to go find little pumpkin spawns, mm-hmm. the pumpkin to be like, I am the pumpkin and sing me a fun little song. Yeah. But yeah. No, it could have instead of off on another little fetch quest. It could have gone full Tim Burton on you and, and like gone like true Nightmare Before Christmas style, but it, it didn't go all the way. It just kind of, you know, went dormant and it didn't say anything. So it it could have been one more character that they added in, but instead it was just this iconic giant vegetable that you got to fight. But when you, when you finally kill it, you get rewarded with a dragon diamond by the pumpkin, witch who lives in the area. And it, what's funny is like, at first I thought like, Oh, did you actually make this giant pumpkin evil? And no, it was just Lord Zarok, but you know, she's, she's very sweet and, gives you this diamond that you don't really know what you're supposed to do with. But anyway, like now you've, you've reached the end of the level and you kind of just have to turn around and go back to the, the graveyard because there's nothing else for you in, in this pathway. And again, the game doesn't really tell you that you're supposed to go back. And so you're just kind of like, you beat the level and you're like, okay, well now what? I live in the pumpkin patch now. (laughs) It's it's another thing about this game that is just like it, it's dated. <laughs> like it is. They, yeah. they these things about just like well, the player will just figure it out with their endless amount of time that they have to just you know look back in around. in 1998. The in 1998, the internet was not as vast and knowledgeable as it is now. But still, you just kind of had to like try things out on your own or talk to talk to your friends on the playground. So. If you do go back to the graveyard, though, and you can take one of those other pathways to a different stage, there's the sleeping village. And this is where the the family is that we see at the beginning of the game that gets possessed 
by Lord Zarak. And you actually have to run around the town. And one of the gargoyles at the beginning of the level says, do not hurt the townsfolk, even though they're trying to kill you. And it is, it's frustrating to try and avoid hitting them and work your way through this level and uh, fi- find your way to the exit, as well as like pick up a few things that you need along the way. So having having the townsfolk come after you is frustrating and also a little bit creepy, especially the daughter of that family who is just casually walking around humming to herself and she's carrying an axe, like a giant axe behind her. And when she spots you, <laughs> she comes after you swinging it over her head uh, and, and cackling. I love this. I loved this little character because of how hilarious of a cartoon it was. It, the all of the art in the in this stage is absolutely fantastic. Just the uh, the from the the cobblestone streets to the walls, the lighting is fantastic, mm-hmm. and um, it, yeah, yeah, just a super fun level. The uh, the the whole idea of getting getting away from the townsfolk, and so you end up actually doing like a lot of platforming where you're like getting on top of the houses and you know to to stay away from the things that you have to kill. Meanwhile, you've now acquired the uh broadsword which is kind of the one of the most fun weapons in the game i think because you're you can kill so many things at once with that <laughs> and you're like i could smush these zombies so easy with the broadsword but no you have to <laughs> you have to be good so that you can get the fun ending where um they'll come back to life yeah yeah but then uh eventually in the sleeping village you can break into the mayor's house and grab the shadow artifact that he has in a safe and you don't, again, you don't know what you're supposed to do with this thing, but so there's, there's like mention in some of these in, in like the library in the town that, uh, there is, there's like this shadow gate that holds the, holds these demons. And there's a key that isn't, that is actually an artifact that you have to find to open the gate. Well, you know, this shadow artifact is it even though like you don't know what you're supposed to do with it, but the mayor had it and you can break into his house and grab it. And then when you exit the level, you move on to the asylum grounds. And this is another one of those levels where I thought this actually looks amazing, particularly because what this, this level is, is a giant hedge maze. And there's uh there's like a guy that is his, his face is in the wall at one end of the, of the maze. And his name is uh, Sir Jack the Green, and he he like poses these riddles to you, which then you have to go into the maze and find the the shrubs that are like shaped of whatever the answer to this riddle is, and then go back to him and, and talk to him. The way they've animated his face is like this stop motion, very low frame rate kind of way, and it looks really cool whenever he talks. And his voice goes really well with it too. But but the way they've animated this is not like anything else in the rest of the game. And it's one that I I just I I won't forget. Greetings, so Fortis Guild. My name is Jack of the Green. I am the master of riddles, and this maze is my domain. You are free to leave, but only once you've answered four riddles. Puzzles so fiendishly difficult, so perplexingly complex, that no man has ever solved them. Ha ha ha. Now, try my first riddle. <clears throat> At night they come without being fetched. By day they are lost 
without being stolen. I really liked that voice actor a lot. And that, like, unfortunately for me, one thing that kind of, like, made the game a, a, a critique that I had, like, all the way through was the voice actor who did the main antagonist, um, Zarak. Like, yeah. I felt like he, he it was just such, like, a a guy that was just like, all right, I'll record the voice acting for you. I, I'm going to bring <laughs> my laptop in with me to the bathroom. I'm going to poop and eat a, eat a sandwich at the same time I do this. I'm going to be as lazy about this as possible. Like a lot of the other voice acting is great. Like in, in the voice, in the, the mayor's mansion, you meet this guy who like gives you the arrow and he just like has this great, big, booming, awesome voice. The voice acting is fantastic. And he of course talks shit to you because he's just like, well, now you only have a malformed skull and you look ugly and your teeth are stupid. <laughs> but, he, 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 you know, like like everybody else. And then he gives you a, he gives you an awesome bow. But like the, the all the all the scene, all the cutscenes with the with with Zarok just felt like, all right, here's what I'll do next. I I am I'm tired of losing to you now. I'll. Uh, you know, summon an evil guy to kill you. Like, it's just, it just doesn't feel great. That voice acting in this one really just like uh, in that the the maze level was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Jack the Green really stands out because just because of like how how his voice in particular creates this kind of atmosphere and adds to the to the rest of the level. And I really I wanted more of that kind of thing, but um, that that guy in particular made me want to go back and play the level again just because it it sounded really cool you think you're so clever don't you here you are sir clever clogs i grant you free passage through my maze find your own way out when you when you beat the asylum grounds inside the asylum this level was like probably the most old school level in the entire game that I could think of where it is just a gauntlet of rooms where a ton of guys come out and attack you. That's it. That there's like no real puzzle solving in it. There's no actual platforming. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you Wait. come into this room, tons of enemies. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you get through this kind of just like beautiful little area with like a lot of interesting things like the the self-playing chess and the big green elephant and stuff like that. And then and then you get there and you're just like, all right, here we're back to it. Just mobs rushing out. <laughs> it it is such a turn from like one of the coolest levels to like one of the most rudimentary levels. But what's funny is is that like I imagine that in the older version there was like th- there was like a little bit more to this as well because I also tried out uh, a bit of the the PSP version that has just recently been released on uh, PlayStation Plus Premium and that version has a boss at the end of this level and and so it's kind of like weird that what is it, it is just this big guy that you have to trick into running to, into the walls but the the PSP version um it just has a lot more added to the game because it was another another remake that they did back in 2005 finishing this level though at the bottom of the asylum is the the town mayor and he gives you a key to some other level 
and then leaves. And he also gives you a dragon diamond. And now you've got two of these and again, don't know what to do with them. And also at the end of this level, you just got nowhere to go. So again, you go back to where the the graveyard is and try and pick that third path. It's it's just funny how like they were right. They were so close to understanding like what like a, a central hub game might be. But like they couldn't really figure out like exactly how to do it very well. And, uh, you know, a couple simple things like there's a little diamond that if you touch, then it takes you back to where, where you need to be to go to the next part. Like, yeah, would be just so helpful. But this game just they do the even in the remake, they just didn't want to touch it. I think maybe for maybe kind of for the reason that if you are in the mayor's dungeon area, like there are a couple fun, like little things to talk to, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah. They, they they just kind of refused to compromise on like, we want this to feel like a PlayStation one game. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, at one point I totally respect that at the, at, 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 but as if you're playing the game just to play it, like if I showed this game to my son, he'd be like, Oh ring, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm done. Get out of here. Yeah. There's waypoints and everything like that, but it's, it's just kind of not, it's it. Yeah. It's like you said, you're like, what am I supposed to do here? No one's telling me. Yeah. Yeah. You return back to the graveyard once again, and this time you can choose to go to the Enchanted Grounds. And in this level, there is a witch that you can summon, and she'll open up a side level for you that is completely optional. She'll give you this task to clear out uh, the ant colony that is nearby and collect like seven pieces of amber. And uh, so she'll also shrink you down to the size of an ant so you can get into the colony. Uh, and the funny thing is when you start the ant colony level, you can smash like one of the, the crystal walls that are in the side of the side of one of the tunnels and free a fairy that is there. And the, the fairy is, he, he's got like, um, he's, he's got like a high pitched voice, but it's also like a little bit of a, a tough guy kind of voice. And he's got a stubble. So it's like this weird Brooklyn version of, of a fairy that you free. And he's like, Hey, thanks for, for freeing us. I've got six other friends that need free in. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, he's like, he's like, Hey, you know, like, uh, we, the, I heard you want to get in the hall of heroes later, but we'll talk about that later. I'm sure you don't understand what I'm talking about <laughs> right now. We haven't really explained it too much yet. Hey, bro. Hey, Hey, come on. Kill the ant queen. Hey, adios. Have all this gold. So like if you do find the his six friends and free them, he like doing that lets you into the Hall of Heroes and gets you another weapon or reward, whatever it is. But what's what's great is that when you free them, like they all look like he does, too. So they've all got like these tiny little bodies, big heads and a little bit of stubble on their their chins. Fighting the Ant Queen was one of those bosses that killed me halfway through and i was like damn it i gotta start the whole level over again but so fucking uh, nice. <laughs> uh but yeah uh, like it and, and also like this one was it, it was kind of frustrating because she would just be stationary in one spot and make herself vulnerable every now and then and the the time where she is vulnerable is only when she like rears up on on two legs or whatever and she she like makes herself available to like throw a spear at a couple of times 
and I wasted so many spears because that window of time is a lot shorter than it actually appears to be. Like, she gets invulnerable about a half second before her animation actually starts to go back down and on and be on all legs. So it is, it's another one of those old school instances where it's kind of like, you guys really could have tweaked this a little bit and made it feel a little bit more up to date. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. no kidding. That whole level, I had the, uh, the electric hammer and I just love his animation. <laughs> yes. Like, it's the goofy way he just like holds the hammer above his head and then like goofily runs around before you finally smash the thunder hammer down. <laughs> just hilarious. He looks great. Yeah. It, it loses its fun after you have to do it for 20 minutes. Gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. But like those first few times, it feels so good. It really does. Oh, and the, the ant queen reminded me of the alien queen from aliens. Just like the the way she's laid out, she's got like this giant egg sac coming off of her back, and you know she's she's like breeding more ants behind her, and and like she doesn't <laughs> move, but she's there being really menacing. Yeah, absolutely. She looked like the queen mother. <laughs> <laughs> you can return to that witch and give her seven pieces of amber, and she gives you a bunch of pieces of chicken as a reward. I did not know what to do with these, and I still don't. Did you figure out what these were for? No, dude, like half of the stuff in my inventory. No. I was just, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I was, I was happy with the magic sword and really did not explore the, like the other weapons that I had every once in a while. I use the flaming bow and that worked really well for some things, but like I, I, most of the time I was just kind of like, I don't really know what this is for and whatever I'm using seems to work really well. Well, the whole time I was just like the whole time with the witch, I was just like, so you have a pot of boiling stuff and we're standing on top of an anthill. <laughs> How about we pour that into the anthill and boil them alive? Hey, that's no? for dinner. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, guess I'll go, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go risk my undeath. A lot of times, a lot of times in this, which is great in this game, uh, an enemy will be like, and now you'll die. You're like, he's a skeleton. <laughs> he's already what else dead are you gonna do to <laughs> there was one character that you interact with that like before you fight them they say like well i'll uh i'll i'll, I'll rip the flesh from your bones oh wait hold on he's already dead uh i'll uh i'll i'll tear your teeth out and tell your jaw off well no he doesn't have a jaw um anyway and, and so he just kind of keeps going on and on with that Comedy's great. I love the Monty <laughs> Python like style. Like uh, the the com the comedy is it really kept me going on this. I yeah. wanted to hear what the next really bad joke was going to be. Yeah. What have you done? Once again, the shadow demons are wreaking havoc across the land, and it's all thanks to you. The single most destructive and wretched creatures in the history of the world, and you've given them an early parole. They will be heading for the ruins of King Peregrine's castle. Galamir is doomed! After you beat the Enchanted Grounds, you've accidentally opened up the, the demon tomb and released all the shadow demons. You have move on to the pools of the ancient dead where there are a bunch of armored guys walking around and instead of hitting them to death you have to like push them over into the water where they drown that's kind of morbid but uh then you 
you move on to the lake where uh, there's there's a town of Melamine that uh, has been like risen up from the the bottom of the ocean after hundreds of years, and you get the like the the river man to take you there. So there's like this giant whirlpool that you have to unlock using all of those those different colored keys and go down under the water and going through this like water tunnel at the bottom of the ocean was one of those moments where I was like, man, this is actually, this looks really good. This is quite beautiful, especially in 2023. It still looks amazing. Yeah, it did look good. A lot yeah. of, a lot of the stuff looks, a lot of the stuff looks great though. The, the, all the water animation definitely looked good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can see like, that's where some of the best improvements have been. So it is, it, it is great to look at, especially in this one. And I really wish there had been more of the level underwater. It was just like those that that like 15 seconds that you're you're spent you spend walking through the tunnel. That's it. <laughs> you're one of the few gamers ever who's wished for a water level in a game. <laughs> hey, sometimes they're good. Mega Man X had a really good water level. <laughs> well, sure, because he could breathe underwater. He's a robot. <laughs> so did Donkey Kong Country. I can keep going. <laughs> and donkeys breathe underwater. Wait, that game wasn't really about a donkey, was it? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was anyways. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what was 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 this was that the part of the game where you have the awesome boss fight where you're like awesome and well, when I mean awesome, I mean awesomely frustrating where you're like on the chessboard and then you the, I, I think actually we skipped over this. But like where there's demons squirting fire at you. Yes. So and, uh, okay. And you, so and you, like there's a chessboard like floating above an abyss. Yeah. You, and if you go on one side, it will like tip over and you will fall off. So you have to like kind of like keep the balance. Like it's 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 uh it, it really reminded me of a little Mario sixty four action. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the the boss of the enchanted grounds that yeah we skipped over that. So like they're they're the demon twins. And they, they like, they're apparently sisters because you can read up on them in the game's lore, but like they spit fire at you. And then every once in a while on this giant chessboard that you're, you're standing on, they'll tip it one way and then tip it really far the other way. And you kind of have to compensate for that. That was, that was one that I felt really good at not dying uh, on the first time, but still like it felt really old school. And thankfully when you've got your range weapons equipped, Sir Dan just auto targets them. So you don't really have to worry about aiming, but still it is, it's frustrating to, to try and get him to shoot in the exact direction uh, that you want him to. He never does what you want him to do. (laughs) That's just, that's just a given in the game. Yeah. The controls are, the controls are garbage. (laughs) Well, it's a PS one game with just PlayStation 4 paint. That's that's really how I look at it. Like it, at the end of the day, it really still just feels like that old game. Greetings, stranger. I am the boatman. It is I who ferry lost souls on their final journey to the land of the dead. But hold, have we not met before? Sir Daniel Fortescue, not you too. Thanks to Zarag's madness, I'm up to me eye sockets and lost souls who've woken from the eternal sleep. Business hasn't been this brisk since before they invented sanitation. 
Look, if you help me to gather up a boatload of eight lost souls and bring them here, I'll drop you off at the sunken town of Melamine. How's that sound? So, like, after the lake, there are the, the crystal caves where you fight your way through these. There are uh, giant rhinotars that are trapped in the crystals that spontaneously break out whenever you get near. And then there's also a giant dragon that you can fight if you use those two dragon diamonds that have been given to you. You can place them in this in the eye sockets of this dragon's head that's in a wall, and that unlocks the the dragon fight. And to to hurt the, the this giant dragon that is just his head popping out of the the walls, you have to like slam a hammer onto the ground and cause crystals to fall on his head. This was one of those, like, I, I love, I, I love the feel of smashing the, the hammer down. That was great. Yeah. But also at the, at the same time, it was just like, it, it felt like a, like a kind of a B movie where like, <laughs> like, you know, like, Hey, all we can afford is the dragon's head. You're not going to get the whole dragon body, but that's going to cost you too much. We can <laughs> do the head. The little puppet comes out of the hole. He tries to bite you. Anyways, if you want the whole head, if you want arms, it's going to cost you more, pal. <laughs> Did you notice that the dragon had a Scottish accent, just like Sean Connery's dragon in Dragonheart? <laughs> yeah. As soon as he said something, I, I thought like, oh, my God, it's it's that it's that dragon. Like he's they're going for it. They're really doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, find me some women. <laughs> want to have vodka and women if you don't have those i'm gonna kill you son <laughs> anyways i'm about to bite you i'm hoping you're full of vodka when i bite you <laughs> so like have you slamming seen... no 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 go ahead i was just gonna talk about sean connery movies but we should oh, probably talk okay. about it again. well like <laughs> slamming I, I was going to say like slamming a hammer onto the ground to make these crystals fall on his head felt really inconsistent because a lot of the time I would just try and get close. He would breathe fire on me. And so I, I could not get that close to the dragon and I'd slam the hammer down and the wrong crystal would fall because he had like four different holes that he could pop out of and just like a crystal would fall over an empty hole. And I was like, God damn it. Not that one. No, I I, I wanted the green crystal to fall. Not the red one. Come on. No, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's another way that this game just goes like, let's make the game longer. The game <laughs> wants to play with you. Let's make it the harder like, too. Yeah. Oh. The, the, ga- the game is just like some annoying neighbor kid that go- is, is just like, you're like, all right, well, uh, you said the pink crystal kills you. Here's a pink crystal. And uh, so I win. Okay. Like, <laughs> no, not that crystal. That was a blue crystal. God damn it, kid. Come on, you got to get closer, close enough for me to kill you with, with fire. But if you do beat him, he just it's kind annoying. of, yeah. And, and then like at the end of it, he just kind of complains that like, oh, you made my head hurt. All right, fine. Here's a reward. And he gives you a chest plate that breathes fire. <laughs> you're, you're, you're complaining that there's not a crystal that just like goes through his skull and <laughs> cleaves its brain in half. And I wanted, spits blood. I wanted a satisfying satisfying death for this guy but instead he's I just like all the, right fine the last i was the last dragon and you've done <laughs> killed me son oh pour me out pour me a drink 
Like it's shaken, not stirred. Take this dragon potion and leave me alone. Drink it when you need it. It gives you armor that is impervious to heat. Plus, it lets you breathe fire. Now go away. But anyway, you clear the crystal caves. By the way, that dragon boss is optional. You can beat the, the whole level without killing the dragon, or fighting him at least. And then you get to the the next stage, the Gallows Gauntlet. This is like some kind of canyon that has a bunch of hanged guys or guys that have been held on on spikes. Oh, that, that's not the part where the guys are hanging above campfires. No, no, Th- like that. That's the next stage. But the Gallows <laughs> Gauntlet, yeah, the Gallows Gauntlet has uh, has got, has like guys that are hanging from gallows that are on wheels. And so the, these gallows that, that have a hanged man on them can like roll over to you. And then the guys just kind of hang from there and swing, swing at you while they're hanging. But, uh, I I thought that was pretty funny how like the, the hanging apparatus itself just rolls around the stage. There's like this, (laughs) like there's, there's there's some teamsters that are just like, Hey, yeah, well for a couple extra bucks, you know, we could put some wheels on this thing. (laughs) It's the hangman come back to life and want to be evil zombies and then want to attack people. All right. for Okay, do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you might be dead, but you're still mobile. Here you go. So for me, for me, <laughs> I was just like, I'm trying to get you off the gallows. Stop chasing <laughs> me. I'm going to cut you down. There's also a gate that is made of fire that you can walk through if you have the, the dragon's chest plate equipped. And if you go like down this, this corridor in the Canyon, you can like find this, this serpent dragon spirit that slithers around the area and attacks you. And this thing, uh, this thing also ended my, my playthrough that level prematurely. And I had to play through the whole thing again. There's no way to fight this thing. You just have to avoid it for as long as you can. And it's really hard to avoid. So you're probably just going to tank a lot of hits when when you actually run into it as well as like deal with the enemies that are in the area too but like eventually it disappears and then you have to hit a couple of switches that allow you to gather up some other weapons and the chalice that's in this level but again the game doesn't tell you what to do with this thing it might make you think that you have to fight it somehow or or just like run from it in like lead it into a trap but Nothing happens. He just disappears after like 60 seconds. And then if you equip all that, if you equip that and the dragon helmet, you can breathe fire, which helps to yeah. kill all the mummies and stuff in the. In it the, is cool. It's great how it just doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. The, it, as much time as this game spends talking, it really never tells you anything about the game. <laughs> it's like, like, you have no chin. You have no eye. Okay, bye. <laughs> And then like right after that is the, that the level is the haunted ruins. And this is the, the castle that was the, the, the main castle in the kingdom of Galamir. And now it is just in ruins and taken over by shadow demons that are controlled by Lord Zarok. This is the, like the jigsaw puzzle where like there, there are three hanging guys that you have to like try and save 
that they're like hanging over fire and it's it's terrible to see and you have to sneak past the shadow demon uh without it seeing and if it does see you it's going to run over to a switch and hit the switch and like all the guys will drop into the fire i hit the the demon that was patrolling the area and killed him and then like wandered around this this courtyard trying to figure out what to do and get the guys down from the post they were hanging on there's a lot of chickens around. Do yeah. do the will the chickens do something? <laughs> yeah. What happens? You like, have to, you have to you have to smush the campfires and then put them out. And then the guys run away, even though they're blindfolded. They all run to the same spot. And if you talk to them later, they're like, "We don't have anything to give you, but we do have these yellow colored rocks to give you." <laughs> you're like, that's probably gold. I'll take that. All right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I could not figure out that you have to like smother the campfire with your hammer. And so like, I was just like, well, uh, I, there's nothing else here, but here's a switch. This probably does something. Yeah. It drops them onto the fire. Sorry about that. It's so horrifying. And when they're (laughs) hanging above those little campfires, like, can you imagine being in your underwear, like hung above a campfire, just cooking for all that time? Meanwhile, me, I'm just like, Huh, what are these chickens up to? Oh, there's a button over here. Yeah. Anyway, they're like, ah, help us. I'm just like, God, the screaming. Oh no. But yeah, when you when you finally you when you finally get them loose, they seem fine. Yeah. They were gonna yeah. put a little aloe vera on their on their legs and they're gonna be okay. So then like inside the the castle, you find the ghost of the king, and he tells you to uh, like go down into the basement and hit a switch that will blow up the entire castle that just happened to be built on top of a volcano. <laughs> I love that. He's like, he's like, I can't hit it. Only you can. Cause I'm a ghost. <laughs> Different kind of dead guy. You know, he's a ghost. You're a skeleton. We got. He's, all, he's not solid. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I pull my hand goes right through the switch. But what you can do with your skeleton hands is pull it. You're like, got it, got it, got it. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, so like the, the volcano is going to erupt throughout this castle and flood it with lava. And you have three minutes to defeat these two giant stone golems and then escape using the catapult. And like at the very end of the level, I, I thought like, oh, this is kind of hilarious. He's just going to fly out of the castle walls. And then- That was great. Yeah, the, the, I, I saw the catapult. <laughs> I was just like, here we go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Shoot me up. This is a great way to end the level. And then at the start of the next level, he lands in a field outside the castle and then gets chased by a giant Jabberwocky, uh, which is a chicken crossbred with the dragon using magic. And so it, it, it looks like it looks like a dragon with a beak and uh, it kind of <laughs> kind of walks like a chicken. But it's very it's giant python. <laughs> yeah. And then uh he like Sir Dan is like starts to run away from it in a in the cutscene, and you see a giant, like a, a tiny little worm sitting inside his empty eye socket, and the worm is screaming as he's running too. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I wanted to hear I, I wish that worm would have been like your Navi, your little buddy throughout the whole game. I was like, well, missed opportunity, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the the actual level starts when he gets rescued by a vulture. The vulture picks him up and carries him off this cliff and drops him on a flying pirate ship. And there's 
There's like a, a giant skeleton captain at the other end of the ship that you have to fight your way to and eventually fight as a boss. Annoying, annoying, annoying. I love the idea of the level. I love the idea yeah. of here we are on a ghost ship. I'm like, could we have cut out the last eight cave levels and just done pirate ghost ship? And then and then and then the fact that the 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 boss fight is essentially just like another one where your health is going down and you just have to do things fast before you die. The stuff that you get to do fast, though, is actually pretty fun because you can't hit the captain conventionally with your sword. Instead, you have well, to aim boxes in front of him. Yeah. But instead, you like aim a cannon at him and then get the cannon to fire with whatever fire weapon you have. And that will light the cannon and shoot a cannonball at him. And after you've, you've hit him like 10 times with a cannonball, he dies. And then you have control of the ship. Hooray. Yay. <laughs> Still very annoying. Because like there's there are points in the, the, the boss itself for me wasn't annoying. It was the level itself I found really annoying because there are spots where you can yeah. fall into a pit and then you have to backtrack out of that pit and try again and there's there are like other traps that you have to avoid while trying to get out of that pit it's it, that's the annoying part for me especially since in this part of the game there's a lot of things that are like oh there's a black hole in the ground if you go into it sometimes you die sometimes it opens up a new secret area that you actually needed to go to if you want yeah. to proceed yeah because so there's a just, key th there's like a well, key I, down there and you, and you don't know that so it's just like, how do I know when I'm going to just drop dead and have to start the whole level over again versus when I'm going to go down here and like fight some shadows and get a magic crown? Yeah, like it's so the it, it is frustrating. It I is. It is old school at its at its highest, its peak. And it's not always a good thing for the game, but it still feels like it's a classic. So it, it it's good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Captain, I thought you ought to know we have a stowaway on board. I've told the men to scour the decks for him. Good! I want that scurvy dog gangling from yon yardarm by his bowels! Is that really necessary? Couldn't we just give him a good tongue lashing and drop him off at the next port? Look! There's not a man-jack on this ship who wouldn't kill haul his own grandmother for the silver in her hair! There'll be no tongue-lashing! Bring the landlubber to me and I'll tear him a new artist! You've got control of the ship. He flies the ship to, the, to Zarak's castle. And the entrance hall to his castle is... It's this really oddly short level. But at one end of this level, you open up this chest and that frees a bunch of lost souls. And now you can backtrack to all the other levels in the game and do extra stuff to free these lost souls. So they've added another collectible for you to go find in other, other spots of the game that you've already beaten. But there is, there's another reason that you want to go back and do those other than just like trying to hundred percent the game. After you leave the entrance hall, the next stage is the time device. And this is like the most Tim Burton level. It's got like brains that you can use, like giant brains that you can use as a trampoline. It's got eyeballs <laughs> that have 
bat wings on them that fly around and shoot lightning. Uh, it, it's got like flying clocks that are, are like turning in weird, weird angles and stuff. Um, so it, 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 it's also like this giant contraption that is a clock itself. And the, the narrator says that Zarak is going to use this to travel through time and take over the world and other time periods as well. And <laughs> I, when, when, it, when the game said that I was, I was thinking to myself, I was just like, listen, I've, I've seen this Zarak guy. He does not, he's not mentally capable of doing <laughs> any of this shit. They also, this guy's <laughs> they also they also say problem, he has problems not turning himself into a chicken. So let's <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to be OK. They also say it's powered by a dark magic called science. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the game takes an interesting anti-science yeah. pivot right in the, uh, towards the end. That's great. And, yeah. And you know, then. Science science really has wrought some terrible things. You know, the other day I was uh, after I got my COVID vaccine and then the alarm went off. <laughs> uh, you know, I started to crave human flesh. So I don't know. Maybe that's very maybe strange. Right. That, that, that's quite strange. I actually just got my booster shot this afternoon. So I'm I'm still feeling good. I haven't haven't felt any mutations yet, but we'll see where this goes. Brain seem <laughs> delicious to you or unappetizing? Well, you know, those trampoline brains, now that I think about it, no, 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 I'm good. But after you've passed like the clock version of this level, then they they tell you that you have to use the device in front of you that Zara created to reach his lair. And he refers to the device as the train that will take you to his lair. Use the train. His magic time train. That's great. The, the train itself, again, it looks like a Tim Burton kind of set piece, but you you unlock the gates and then ride this train to the last level. Uh, Zarok, Zarok's lair, he has this giant arena for Sir Dan to fight in, and he calls upon a skeleton army to fight Dan. And you can call upon your own army made up of all the lost souls that you've collected to fight back. But... You know, if you've played up to here and haven't gone back through the game and collected those lost souls, they probably won't survive the fight. And like this, this is another part where the game stretches things out and doesn't really need to, but it forces you to go back and play all the levels again and really explore things and do the extra things. Like an example is you go back to the sleeping village and you have to kill all the fish that are in a pond somewhere. And then you have to fight some other things before you leave the level. And, and there are like extra enemies that you have to fight, but it's that kind of stuff where it's like, you have to figure out these riddles of what they would want you to do. Excitement. Yeah. Daring do stuff that you would only hear on the playground or now on the internet. So like, you just have to start Googling, like, what do these lost souls want me to do? And where are they? But if you've collected enough, you aid in the battle by sacrificing some of Sir Dan's own health to keep these lost souls alive while they fight the the skeletons in this fight. This and is, then this is another great part of the game where he's holding up this chalice running around all of these skeletons <laughs> zapping, zapping them and he's like just running around all silly with his legs flying all over the place and he's just like Whoa. 
<laughs> just zapping them with this chalice, like invigorating them with life as they beat the crap out of these other skeletons. Yeah. It's fantastic. That was my favorite part of the game, actually. <laughs> the way the way he runs, I want them to play yakety sax while he's running around. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so that like all the skeletons on that 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 Lord Zark has summoned, they die. And then he summons in Lord Cardock, which sounds like Zorak, but it's Lord Cardock, uh, his like army leader who rides a giant horse that that is also a skeleton and shoots lightning and, and like does a lot of stuff. He summons other enemies around. And then when he stops, he get, he becomes vulnerable and it's a really annoying fight. But you have to kill him, too. And hopefully he drops enough health vials for you to continue fighting, because now you fight Lord Zarok himself. This is a great part of the game because yeah. the, the the he he's basically like, okay, you killed my main defender. All right, hold on. And then Hang he on just a like goes he goes into his little cubby and he's just like, all right, not that spell, not and and then like he goes, <laughs> okay, not, <laughs> not, not so that he's one. obviously turned himself, turned himself into a chicken and then he like is like not that one, okay. <laughs> and then he comes out. He comes out and he's a dragon and he's about to kick your ass. And he's just like, and I'm going to kill you and eviscerate you. And <laughs> and I thought I, I got a lot of laughs out of that. I, I was like, I did too. I'm enjoying I, this. I did too. Like he, the whole time where he's doing this, you don't see him doing anything. The camera's just really up close on Sir Daniel. And he's just like, like looking around. And then he looks at the camera and kind of shrugs. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I, that doesn't sound good. Okay. <laughs> So this is an improvement from the original game in the original game. In that moment, the camera is just on the empty doorway that uh, Zarok has just walked through. (laughs) And so it's just basically you're looking at like this black hole while he goes, oh, that's not the right spell. Okay, well, not that one. Oh, okay. This is the one that turns me into a dragon. And it's just (laughs) like it's it it lasts. It lasts 45 seconds. Oh, my God. I get What I've learned a little bit about, like, with these old games, I think gamers used to be a lot more patient. <laughs> yes. Well, like, you had loading times and you understood that, like, things things needed to, like, be set up in the game. So, especially on the first PlayStation, like, loading would take, like, a minute. And so you kind of had to, you just had to, like, wait for the game to get ready. You know, it's, it's like watching we a play. Just, we were just used to sitting around around waiting for bullshit to happen yeah nowadays we're like nowadays i don't think a gamer would really enjoy sitting for 45 seconds looking at a crappily rendered like doorway (laughs) where the bad guy was inside doing magic but you couldn't see it but like you had to just wait for he's like you know making jokes inside and but I thought I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And then he comes out. He's he's a big fucking silly looking dragon. He looks like a <laughs> looks like a Beetlejuice dragon. He does. In the original, he's got he's got his own like his own head is still there. Like it's it's a somewhat larger version of his head, but it's still Zarok's head just on a dragon's body. So, yeah, it looks like it's right out of Beetlejuice. It's scary enough. I thought I was just like, oh, that's a disturbing little image. And it's all striped like purple and green. <laughs> it's just what is this thing? <laughs> and then he, he like starts to run around in the arena and he's really fast. He like he moves surprisingly fast. So it, it is really hard to manage this fight. 
but like he's he's like throwing out all forms of magic at you he's breathing fire he's like sending out shock waves on the ground that you have to jump over he floats up into the air and starts shooting lightning at you there's there's like whatever kind of magic you could think of he'll probably use it and it's really cool looking just watch him don't be where he's pointing <laughs> where is that spell ah yes <laughs> No, not that spell. Oh. Oh, not right now. Aha! Now I have it. None shall defeat the mighty Zarok. And then when you finally defeat him, his body just kind of crumbles away and inside is the, his original wizard form. And he's standing there and tells Sir Daniel that even though he won, he will never leave the cavern and he makes his staff glow and the entire castle starts to to crumble. But the first piece of rubble that falls before the place is even shaking, the first piece of rubble that falls out of the ceiling crushes Zarok and his hand is just like left out underneath the the rubble <laughs> holding the staff. They, were, they weren't joking around at this part. <laughs> They're like, hey, he's crushed and dead. Yeah. Time for our main character to do what he does best. <laughs> there Run was like like a stupid idiot. <laughs> And there's like no theatrics to his death at all. It's just kind of like thunk. And it's like, well, that's it. Okay. Well, okay. It's totally. (laughs) That's the, that's the Monty Python, like, you know, like classic British humor behind this. It was great. Yeah. Sir Dan runs out of the arena and then gets rescued by the vulture from earlier. And it carries him away out of the castle and back to his crypt where he watches all of the souls return to Galamir, including the sleeping village. And they go back into the, the possessed townspeople and he wanders back into his crypt and falls asleep on his coffin for a long rest. It's very sweet, but then he finds himself walking into the hall of heroes where there's music playing and they're having a party and everyone stops and the music stops. Like this is a really awkward moment. Should he be here? But after that moment, he kind of jumps up on the table and does a few flips and lands in a chair at the end of the table and is welcomed by the other heroes. And then the, takes a big gulp of wine, <laughs> big gulp of wine that just splashes over his, his bare bounded chest. And because he has no throat, chin, <laughs> mouth or liver to process the wine. So I, I was wondering this. He, is he going to spend eternity in the hall of heroes with everybody else? But is he going to be the only skeleton in the hall of heroes? Because everybody else is in their own human, like, ethereal form. But he is just a skeleton, jawless still, and with only one eye. He's kind of, like, getting the short end of the stick here, even in the Hall of Heroes. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Give this guy his body back. (laughs) Looking at his skull, it wasn't that much, okay, to give back. Like, he he wasn't that great. It's not like you're giving this guy, like, a big advantage in the Hall of Heroes. (laughs) He obviously was a very funny-looking person. (laughs) With a really weird head. Just give him back his flesh. Yeah. That's a big deal. 
it is a pretty sweet moment where the camera then pans out from the hall and then it goes up into the sky and you see Sir Dan get a constellation up in the stars and the credits roll. It's pretty sweet. I overall, I I loved the the personality of this game. Like the the gameplay is, it, it leaves a lot to be desired because it does go for that old school feeling, but it feels just like a DreamWorks cartoon, and I love that part of it. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. Like, yeah, I love the idea. I I love the idea of the uh, this is just like a cartoon. A cartoon. It is. It totally or- is. Yeah, we just like kind of like follow this weird creature through all these like fun adventures, meeting all these really like interesting bosses and NPCs, and I think a lot of like the stuff that happens in the cutscenes is actually legit funny at times. Um, but then the gameplay happens, <laughs> and you actually have to play it uh, to to get there and see everything. But still, it's fun to see. So, in terms of like recommending this game, how would you rate it? Cause I ask people to, to rate this game on a scale of not worth your time or try it. If you have a subscription to PS plus or if it's on sale or is it like a shut up and take my money kind of game? I think this is a not worth your time. I think this is a kind of a little bit of a skip it. Um, it's got a couple funny moments. Like I said, like a couple enjoyable little moments, but uh, at the end of the day, it is an absolute time suck. The, the game just makes itself go. It, the artificial difficulty like is ramped up to the point where like the game just the game wants itself to be like a 30 hour game where like if they did it right, it should be like a, a four hour game. And, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I do feel like they should kind of like they, they could stretch it to maybe like 10 hours and they would you could have some fun with it. But uh, yeah, it is it is overly long in that regard. It's just they just stretch it out too much. And most of it is just because you have to die and go back because you have to live and go back and then free this other stuff like like uh, i i think all uh, i i think this game is great because it definitely probably has taught people how to like make a good game it has a lot of really great bones that if you put them together in the right way that it would be an awesome super fun game and i and i think this game is a great teachable moment for people that want to make video games like uh, but at the at the end of the day, it's just it just takes it asks too much it, and it, it yeah. doesn't really deliver enough. It does ask a lot. And I feel like if you've got some nostalgia for old games, you could give this one a try. But there are 
There are better games out there that have been made in the vein of older games, and there are better improvements on the quality of life thing. Like, you don't, you, your health is, is refilled at the better parts of, of like the beginning of a level rather than here. If you want your health refilled so you can have a, a fighting chance of getting through a level, you have to go back to Dan's Crypt and replay that about five times so you can refill your health enough to start a level. But like there, that's an example of the, the quality of life that could have been improved on, but wasn't here. And yeah, there are, there are a few things that don't, that do hold it back from being a strong recommendation. You know, I feel like if you do want to see something fun and, and cute, take a look at this game. But as far as like trying to get a great experience out of it, there is a lot other, uh, other titles on PlayStation plus that you can dive into that are a better time. So as far as recommendations go for the actual books and more recommendations of this book club style podcast, what other games can you think of that are great to play for the Halloween season that might have this cute Halloween aesthetic to them? Uh, as far as cute, I don't know. I, I it's it, when, when it comes to horror, I just really love to go full <laughs> bore. So I really love the Resident Evil series. I love the Resident Evil uh, remakes, the new PS5 versions of the Resident Evil games, as well as the... Uh, Resident Evil game where you're fighting a crazy cannibal family. <laughs> I, I think if if you like horror, check those out. I have been spending a lot of my time lately doing the uh, playing Baldur's Gate three. Oh, on nice. PlayStation. I love that game. I think that game is absolutely amazing. And, and then, you know, if you if you're looking for something, just like hack and slash where you're just killing a bunch of zombies, you know, why don't you go back and uh, you might need to buy one of these, but if you don't have it already, but play Dead Rising on oh. Xbox 360. That game was absolutely horrifying, <laughs> scary as shit and crazy and fun and weird in this. And I, I think uh, I'm not I'm not going to say that this game is like connected to that in any way, but just like you like fun, crazy horror stuff. You want a great Halloween game where like the the moon rises and then you have to chainsaw to death people. Well, check out Dead Rising. You can in, in Dead Rising, you can run over zombies with a lawnmower. And that's that's one of the, the big highlights. I, I remember starting that game and the the opening to that game, like the first few scenes, you start out and then like zombies break into this shopping mall that that has been barricaded with a few survivors and as you're running to safety, trying to escape these zombies, like it, there are messages that pop up screen uh, on screen that say like, Julie, Julie is dead. Uh, Rachel is dead. John is dead. And it's like, shit, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wait, I just started the game. I'm already losing. What happened? Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Then there's a part in the game where you get underground and you can uh, start running over zombies in an uh, in an ambulance. Yeah, yeah, Just that game kiss. that that game I I think gave me some serious anxiety though when I was trying to play it because it gives you this timer that you've got three days until help is coming. You have to save everyone that is being attacked in this shopping mall, and you, you've got a set amount of time. And I I just I could not 
I couldn't play it relaxingly because I always felt like there was a timer that was coming and I I just couldn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Very, very, uh, anxiety inducing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some games that I could think of that, that are great for like this Halloween aesthetic costume quest was really fun. I, I played that one like 15 years ago when it came out, but that one's really fun for just a bunch of kids running around on Halloween, uh, trying to get candy. Uh, let's see. I, I've recently been playing death's door and that one is, it's not so cute as far as like Halloween goes, but, uh, it's a very like, calm and somber kind of game you get to play as a crow and he he's like um a, a sort of a a death reaper that goes around collecting souls and uh you oh, also get to wow. you know swing a sword at at big bosses the really cool looking things and again they look kind of like tim burton-esque kind of kind of stuff so that's really cool. And then, you know, games for the, the Halloween season. Like, I, I love scary games. So I think I'll, I'll give the Dead Space remake a try after trying out this remake and not really finding it to be that great. I'm going to I'm going to check out a different remake and, and see what that does. So thank you. Right on the money. With yeah. That. Yeah. Left a little bit to be desired. I love <laughs> I love Dead Space 2. Oh, I would have yeah. loved I would have loved a, a remake of that, but both Dead Space one and two. Fantastic. I don't know if I could choose between one or the other. They both do great things with horror, but it's like the difference between Alien and Aliens. Those those two movies are great in different ways, but I highly recommend those for for your spooky season of of movies and monsters. So anything else you're reading or watching that you'd uh, like to recommend or anything you're playing that you'd like to recommend? You know what? I uh, just read, uh, well, I guess I listened to in the car, the uh, Stephen King Pet Cemetery. And uh, oh, I think nice. that one, one kind of holds up a little bit. I think there's a couple of moments that I was like, well, we let's fast forward. But <laughs> uh, I, I was really enjoying the uh, I was really enjoying that pet, that pet cemetery. So check that out. They'll never make a video game out of that because, well, what what could the video game be? Press B to resurrect your dead son. What if uh, you're you're managing the the different parts of the cemetery and and you have to cultivate the the graves of all these pets and make sure that nobody nobody actually like tries to bury their their kid that they want to <laughs> resurrect. I love that. Yeah. Some on one side of the map and on the, on another and handling things and on another side of the map, someone comes in like, <laughs> buries the cat. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. Notification. <laughs> notification Love pops it. up on screen that tells you like another, another neighbor has buried their dog. Like, Oh great. Damn it. Now I got to deal with this thing. All right. Here comes the dog. All right. Digging itself Sparky. out of the grave. <laughs> Sparky has come back from the dead with a thirst for human blood. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I love it. I've got one more recommendation and it is again on the kind of the spooky side. So keeping in line with the the Halloween, the mysterious theme that we are going to be playing next month, Inscription. And all I can tell you about that is that it's a game where you play cards against someone or something. Uh, I purposefully have avoided learning anything about it because every time it gets mentioned, somebody says you have to play inscription and they say, don't read anything about it. So that's all I can say about it. But have you tried out inscription? I have not, but it sounds interesting. Yeah. Maybe when I'm done with Baldur's gate, maybe I'll give it a shot. 
yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to to check it out and just find out what what it is that people were telling me to avoid. So remember that you can be part of the show by writing in to psplusgameclub at gmail.com to share your thoughts about Inscription or recommend any future games for future episodes. But until next month, when we talk about this mysterious card game, have a great day and have fun playing around. All has changed outside the necropolis. Paths go this way, paths go that way. Nasty, painful death waits round every turn and over every hill. Bon voyage.